Grow the fuck up. Welcome to Grow the Fuck Up. I'm your host, Jada. And today I did an interview with my friend Martin. Martin is an man of many talents, but um, currently he is a UX designer that is a user experience uh, designer. Um, And he also is an illustrator at this moment. And we just shot the shit. Martin is my dog's one time a week dog sitter um, for Chloe. And he just sits in my house and works from home and does work while Chloe sleeps right next to him for hours. And it just works out for us. And it's really nice for my dog to have another uncle. Will is already a great uncle to her, but sometimes... Uncle Billy is a little too busy, so um, Martin really steps up to the plate. Um, Yeah, I also wanted to talk about the music that I included in this. Um, After Martin and I recorded, we made a big pasta dinner because we were both starving, Um, and I had just gone grocery shopping, so why not? Which was really expensive, by the way. It was like a hundred dollars for everything that I. I mean, I guess not, because I got, I got a, I got a lot of things. Well, I don't know. I looked at my cart, and it wasn't that much. I bought enough for like two dinners that I can eat on for like the next week and a half, two weeks, because um, I tend to eat the same thing anyway, and then like some trash bags and stuff for the house. So, I guess it was okay. But I, if you guys know of any like cheaper. I eat a lot of veggies so like the only and I eat a lot of like meat or salmon so I can source those things like at a farmer's market and if those are cheaper please let me know uh, because I'm just I'm really getting tired of one giving a lot of money to these companies and two just feeling like I'm spending too much I don't know what it is I've never seen any comparison to this but I just feel like I'm overspending and anywhere I can cut cut the cost is perfect for me um but yeah we we made a pasta dinner to blood orange radio I believe um I discovered today that Martin really really likes blood orange and I do too who doesn't like blood orange like that's the music is is too good um so yeah i used i hope i don't get like uh somebody like strikes down my my video or my podcast but i used uh, uh bound by blood orange and wet and if you ever like are around me for too long you'll just hear me singing the same part of that song over and over again i don't care i don't care it's such a good song and so i put i wanted it in my podcast so i used it and the other song that i'm gonna use is um my yaya by buckhead shaman is it, is it called my yaya or is it yeah yeah my yaya by buckhead shaman such a good song um tyler is allowing me to use this song and one more of his um, I'll probably ask for more in the future, but he, um, yeah, he let me and I appreciate you Tyler so much for letting me use your songs. 
um, on my on my podcast for like my little project. This song too, I uh, found out that somebody that I care about a lot um, did play the guitar and it and added the part where they're like, hey. He like came up with that. I I, I guess I'm a, I I I don't want to say the wrong thing, but he told me that. So yeah, but it's it's I um yeah. Now after hearing that, when I listen to it, it just sounds a little better. No offense, but just just thinking about that makes me happy. Um, so thank y'all for letting me use it. And um, yeah, the social media for this podcast is. Grow up the podcast on Instagram. On Twitter, it's GTFU Podcast. I don't ever use that Twitter, but it's there in case I need it. Um, you can email me at growupthepodcast at gmail.com if you want to put some crazy stories on there so I can fill my intro with something a little bit more interesting than me talking about music that I use on the podcast and plugging my social medias. That would be really great. Come on, guys. I need my content to be a little bit better. And my personal Instagram is Jada Andrews. It's J-A-Y-D-A Andrews. Um, My Twitter is Jada Kardashian, J-D-A Kardashian, just to fit the same style as the three letters of Kim and her last name, Kardashian. That name came to me during Kahoot Game, my best friend. Growing up, we had a French class together in high school. Um, her name is Johanna, somebody who's still very, very special to me. Um, and we played teams in her French class and we would use Kim, Kim That was when they, you know, first got married and it was a big thing. Um, and they're really iconic. Uh, and you know, some days she wouldn't be in class when we were playing Kahoot. So, my to keep the same like theme going on i just said jada kardashian because jyda wouldn't fit so there's a story um also i in my last episode i think i like mentioned kanye west and i was like let's just like stop talking about him like it's not even worth it and then um and then not too long after that he made the comment about death con three on Jewish people. Just want to say that I was not talking about that, okay? I was talking about the White Lives Matter shirt, but I did like post something. I posted something on my Instagram the other day that kind of, um, oh, they were like, I guess Apple was trying to like do something that essentially was fully deplatforming um, Kanye West or like try like making steps to do that. Um, it was like deplatforming him in a way where like some of his like I don't know how Apple Music works, but it's like an essentials playlist got removed or something like that. Just kind of snubbing him um, and slowly removing him from everyday life. Listen, I I posted how you know yes the things that were said um, about. Um, Jewish people is obviously not okay. Like it doesn't take a genius to understand that. Um, but what I, what I don't agree with is, um, you know, how easy he has been, uh, deplatformed in a way that is kind of, um, how do I put this? 
it's kind of performative. Um, I and the reason why I say that, and I wish. I hate. I wish that you know the actions taken against him were are, are authentic across the board with everybody, but I there's just something in me that's saying it's not, and um, that's what I don't agree with. I I because because if it was authentic, I just feel like he would have been deplatformed a long time ago when he made comments about black people um, and like slavery being a choice and you know stuff like that. I I just I don't. I don't know what is going on, but I just I can't believe the the like the level of outrage that is is it's either like if this is if this is like a level of outrage, it's like, okay, this was the final straw. We've had enough. That would be one thing. But I I just I'm trying I'm kind of having trouble wrapping my head around whether or not that's the case. Um, And I posted on my Instagram story about how. Uh, there, I guess it's from Breaking Bad where he's like, he, he can't keep getting away with this. And I captioned it like every single time, um, Kanye West's point gets, gets proven and some bonehead was like, what point are you talking? Like, are you referring to obviously not talking about whenever he tweeted that thing about, uh, death con three on Jewish people like that is not okay. Obviously I was referring to, um, him wearing the white lives matter t-shirt like i said um in in one intro where i was just like you know it's yeah like he's i i assume that he's making a statement on how easy it is for there to be actions taken um when whenever uh white people are inconvenienced um versus black people fighting so hard for um, equality and for injustices that are carried out against them to be taken seriously. Um, It's, we have to, I don't even know when that'll happen. And you, people older than me wouldn't have thought that stuff like this would be still happening in my lifetime, but it is. Um, Yeah, I, that's how I interpreted it. He kind of lost me with Candace Owens because I just don't see Candace Owens as, being a person that um, can compre- comprehend it on that level because she is an interesting character. I really don't like seeing her face. It kind of makes me angry. Um, but that's how I interpreted it. And, you know, I was like, how many times are we going to, like, listen to him say something so outlandish such a or do something so outlandish, which is wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt, being reactionary about it, and then proving his point? Um so it's very interesting to see. But anyways, I like I said, I wasn't <laughs> right when I'm like, let's just like stop talking about him. He's like so important, not important. Like, let's ignore him. He says that about Jewish people. And I'm like, OK, well, you know, well, you lost me there. So um, but, you know, that's what are you going to do? Yeah, I don't really you, you can't really do much about something like that unless except for like, um you know, doing what they're doing, deplatforming him. But, you know, I hope that they do. I hope this is like the beginning of, you know, um, doing the same, uh, carrying out the same actions against a lot more people, um, holding people accountable and, you know, the con- making sure that they know the consequences of, of that is 
becoming deplatformed and uh, losing who you've who you've made yourself out to be for your entire career. I hope that that's this is the start of something new. Um, but you know, on a level that is still um, not infringing on the fact that people have freedom of speech like hate speech is obviously not freedom of speech but i'm i'm more so saying like i i hope that you know um actions are not taken out against people um based off of like what is somebody's opinion of what is uh wrong um hate speech is never okay but it makes me wonder um you know, we've seen the extremes that people can go to and what the consequences are of it. And like, what about on the opposite end of that spectrum, which is something that's not as extreme, but people are just a little too offended. And then it ends up with somebody losing their career. Um, so I, I can't wait to see how that unfolds. And um, yeah, I hope we do the same with like people like R. Kelly. <laughs> like, please take that man's music off of Spotify. I'm so tired of just like looking at it it, it, it drives me insane because he's just a disgusting creature whenever I was like a little kid I don't I, I didn't know anything about R. Kelly or you know anything that he had done and I was just like so disgusted by him kids know kids know better than anybody they are just highly intuitive and my intuition as a child was like this guy is not okay like if I was ever around him I would be so disturbed and terrified. And then he turned out to be a pedophile. So, um, yeah. But anyways, I <laughs> I went on a little tangent there. I hope that you guys really um, enjoy this episode. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys on the next one. Bye. That a, you're asked like I'm supposed to answer that for real. Yeah, we can just have a conversation on here. How are you doing? <clears throat> I'm doing pretty good. Okay. I just came from. Uh, I was gonna try to early vote, uh -huh. and I got my wallet stolen mm -hmm. 
earlier this week. So I did not have my ID. Okay. And they want you to have your ID, apparently. <laughs> did you did you find that out for sure, though? Because earlier you were saying that you don't know if they actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, which is kind of a bummer, but I... I walked over there with my sister, and mm-hmm. we had a nice walk and a chat, and that was good. Your sister? What's your sister's name? I've seen her on, like, your Instagram before. Her name is Lena. Uh-huh. She's a, a senior at Georgia Tech. Okay. And, yeah, we try to we try to get together every Friday. She's pretty busy, but we try to go have coffee over at Park Grounds over mm-hmm. in Cabbage Town. It's like a, I guess it's like Edgewood. It's like a little coffee shop bistro they serve alcohol too Mm. um yeah we just try to like get a little work done before the weekend and yeah i keep she's so she's like actually so busy she's like one of the most busy people i know why what does she do she just has like a lot going on we like literally my family i think my mom coined this term we call her the blur Mm -hmm. because she's just want like going 100 miles per hour all the time um you know she has like she's in a sorority mm-hmm. FIMU, that like takes some of her time because mm-hmm. uh, she's involved with that and then you know she's taking a full course load uh, as a business major mm. and then has like a pretty like robust social life too so it's just like a lot of things going on for her yeah and she like this past year one of her friends uh works for delta and so she had this like travel buddy Mm. situation going on so she was like gone every weekend yeah doing travel stuff yeah that uh, that's really been my dad works for delta and i'm like i wanted to do like flight attendant work for it but then i got denied like one time and then it was like they instantly denied it and then my dad like sent a referral and then they were like oh yeah like we'll We'll, like, do an interview with you and stuff like that. Like, I got through all the processes. And then they were like, oh, wait, we realized that we denied your application one time. So we're going to deny this one. I know. And I was so, like, I I was, they were like, schedule your interview. They sent me, like, all the training videos and everything. And they were like, yeah, we denied you one time. And we just, like, our system skipped over it. Damn. They gave themselves an ultimatum there, didn't they? Yeah, they're like, maybe we shouldn't do this. Although maybe, like, yeah, they realized that they denied me. I was over, like, overly qualified for Dang, it. That sucks. Yeah, so it's fine though. I mean, I feel like life always shuts a door, and another one opens, so it's fine. Um. Anyways, so this week you watched my dog. Martin's my dog sitter. Doggy uncle. My my once a week dog sitter. Um, which you got some competition, Rachel with red hair. She was like, if you want to do like a plant consultation in my house, I'll trade you for watching Chloe. <laughs> so you, you might got some competition here. No competition. I'm, I'm free 99. Yeah. I, I'll do it. I do it cause I like Chloe and yeah. like helping friends. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this week nobody is, nobody is home cause well, I'm home alone this weekend because uh, Will's in Houston with Alexa right now. Yeah, shout out to Will for this PBR. Thanks, Will bro. did not give him the PBR. Okay, I just want to put this out here because this is my roommate. All right, and I'm going to get in trouble for this. But Martin got too nervous for the podcast and was dying for alcohol. 
yeah that's quote that's exactly why to to relax him so i was like well i have wine wine is mine i have a box wine that jack o'reilly brought over and left to me and uh yeah no beer we only had one pbr and martin just for the record said that he was going to buy will a shit ton of PBRs. It is Will's birthday next weekend anyway, so it works out. Happy happy to do that. Just, Will, if you're listening, I did not... Yeah. Martin stole it. I didn't... I didn't... Okay. I should have shotgunned it. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so, yeah, this week has been, like... I, I put on my close friend's story. I was like, this is the worst week of my life. And then, like, it just got better instantly, so it's fine. But yeah. So, anyways, uh, Martin, where did you where did you grow up? I grew up here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, if folks know Little Five Points, <gasps> you grew up in Little Five Points. Well, like a block, yeah, a block away mm-hmm. in Candler Park. Um, yeah, it was I was honestly awesome growing up next to Little Five. Mm-hmm. Um. It's so fun. You would like see people. We had this like front porch. It was great for like people watching. Mm-hmm. And you'd see these like out of out of county cars like pull up, and uh, people get out and like completely change their wardrobe and like put on makeup and mm-hmm. like all this stuff. Um, My life and is like. Done. You know, like for a long time, I was like, "Wow, they like, they're really." It almost seemed like a po- like a it was like a poser thing to mm-hmm. do that. But then I was like, "Well, maybe like, they don't feel comfortable expressing themselves like at home, like where they are, and like coming to Little Five is like the way to do that." Mm-hmm. And that was just like a way of reframing it. And I was like, kind of like felt for those people, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were like totally completely change their look and then go shop around little five but yeah it was cool i like love all those little quirky businesses yeah how Um, much has it changed since you lived there honestly not that much Mm -hmm. like it's kind of crazy it almost feels like a um yeah like a timeless little part of atlanta in a lot of ways like mm-hmm. you would think it would change a lot you know you 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 take places like um you know all those businesses along ponds who now have like the new ownership so you got like places like eight arm and like mjq and mm-hmm. all these local spots that like are in danger of like closing and like kind of changing the personality of like that area um but little five points like you know businesses have changed and like there is like a bit of a rotating door of businesses but they're all like for the most part like family-owned small scale um and then you have these like forever places like abadabas and the Mm -hmm. vortex Mm -hmm. and like uh, the variety playhouse you know i've seen my favorite concert of all time i saw blood orange at the variety (gasps) playhouse and which is actually like thinking back it's kind of crazy that i saw them there it was like yeah. extremely intimate concert um this was oh like maybe this is like probably three years ago um and i thought like blood orange was big back then and i was like so yeah. like jazzed to get 
these tickets. But now thinking, you know, like Blood Orange helped, you know, headlines uh, like Madison Square Garden 10 days in a row with like Harry Styles. Like, yeah, they're big, really they're big so now. Good. And have done like a ton of producing with like a lot of artists like Solange and stuff. So, yeah, yeah that was really cool. Um, so you got places like that. Um, and I used to work. My high school job was working at the Little Five Points Pharmacy, mm-hmm. which is like this little family-owned pharmacy like next to Savage Pizza. Uh, and the owner, Ira Katz, he's like this tiny little man, mm-hmm. little ball of energy, kind of like a blur, kind of like my sister. Uh, and yeah, he just like, he just like loved me and like gave yeah. me this job. And it was kind of like my... I feel like that was really like working and living in little five points was like my way of actually gaining like social skills. Mm-hmm. I was like a very nervous kid, like lots of anxiety, whatever. Um, like I think most people deal with that, but mm-hmm. I think working and like being able to like every sort of person came in there um, and like just being able to like talk and, and you know i guess yeah try out being a real person instead of like uh-huh. uh just being genuinely interested in the people that come in and like asking them questions and it was just great i think it was great practice for me getting more comfortable with like just being like empathetic and things yeah. like that so yeah i get, like definitely put a lot of uh value into like growing up there and working and living yeah i mean i i wasn't i my year like every kid has dealt with their anxiety or right i i wasn't i that didn't hit me until i was in high school and then because i wasn't like that the whole time my family like didn't believe me Cause like gotcha. I would, I would be in high school or I would be in, I would be in high school and like my high school teacher, no, um, I would be in school and then I would be like texting my dad, like, can you please come pick me up? Because I have really bad anxiety and I would just like sit in the bathroom and like hyperventilate and like cry and stuff. And oh, he would be like, he'd be like, no, you have to stay in school. Mostly cause like he couldn't just like pick me up. Yeah. yeah. But like. I remember one of my teachers, obviously it's a literature teacher, um, that they're like the nicest and most empathetic people in the schools. Um, but she was like, she just like looked at me and she was like, you're, I get it. I get it. So like, you can just like sit and not do anything. It's always the English teachers. It's always the English teachers. Like half the year they're like pregnant and then the other half of the year they're like really interested in uh, caring for you and being being there for you my favorite one was uh her name is uh miss wright and she was so cool we we actually didn't hit it off immediately she was like i'm pretty sure she told another student that was my friend that she didn't like me because i had like an attitude problem but it was because i my my schoolwork was like missing and i was like i didn't lose it so like you had to have lost it or something but like it was this whole thing but anyways she eventually like we got along where she would just like let me sit in her classroom like skip a class and 
it's always teachers like that that I appreciate the most because like she would write me a pass and be like Jada was doing like PSAT studying in my classroom that's why she missed it and I wasn't I was just like sitting in her classroom doing nothing um but yeah they're they're always the best shout out to those teachers honestly yeah yeah she she's she's a real one for sure I mean I remember seeing like another one and like or Target after I graduated and I was like do you remember me and she was like how could I forget (laughs) you and just like holding my arms and I just wanted to cry anyways um yeah but that was I mean so you got a job when you were in high school yeah so I like part of my the manifestation of like my bad anxiety and Mm -hmm. You know, I guess, like, looking back, it was definitely, like, depression, too. You know, it's hard to, like, kind of put a finger on it. But mm-hmm. um, I had to, like, switch schools in high school. Um, Why? Like, I went to Grady High School, and I literally just, like, did not do my schoolwork. And mm. I, like, f- totally faked it and um, would stay up until all hours of the night, like, playing World of Warcraft. And, mm-hmm. and you know, just normal, normal stuff. Yeah um but yeah I got so bad that like it was I was in danger of like failing multiple classes Mm -hmm. and so I think my parents kind of wanted to like help me hit the reset button Mm -hmm. and like uh obviously I like had the the privilege and like my family had the wealth to you know send me to another school with like a smaller class size yeah um and a couple of my friends at kind of the same time also went to the same school maybe in a similar boat maybe for different reasons but um yeah it was it was like uh based off of like a college prep sort of system um but yeah honestly the most awesome thing about it was like the class size like sometimes i would have uh I had this this teacher Peter Peter Lefkowitz who actually went on to start uh, this high school called the New School right on Memorial like right up from Grindhouse Burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, really smart guy, uh, and so it just gave me the opportunity to like like just take a step back and assess whether I even cared about like the things I was learning. Um, and it turns out I actually love learning and like love uh love reading and analyzing and all that stuff so um and it did give me a chance to like step back and not be in this like crazy public high school Mm -hmm. like vortex Mm -hmm. um but part of the reason part of the uh the the setup was that there was like a work study component and so you would have like less class school hours per week. Um, but then you would have to like balance it out with working too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like, I don't know, you would work 15 or 20 hours a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. So my parents had been go- going to the the pharmacy. You know, Ira was their pharmacist for, for years. They've been living in that neighborhood like since the 80s. So they're like, you should just go hit up Ira and see if he'll give you a job. Uh, yeah. And I did. And it was, it was like one of the only like places I knew of in the area 
that sold like DVDs and VHS still. Like it was so weird. It was like a pharmacy and sort of like convenience store vibe. And then they had this like DVD VHS rental like space Mm -hmm. in the back. It was so weird. Um, But, you know, oftentimes I would like have to go help someone like check out and like pick out a DVD. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that and Videodrome Mm -hmm. is like the two places I can think of that like still do that Um, yeah so yeah it was it was a quirky job that's um i could never land a job when i was in high school i never worked until i graduated um and i was like 18 and i would like i remember i wanted to work at this chick-fil-a and i got like a job interview but then i had to go to la last minute and I was literally boarding an airplane when she was like, hey, like, will you come in for a job interview? And I was like, I can't. Like, oh, I'm going to I'm have to come, like, in a week. Sorry, I'm a jet setter. Yeah. Can, uh, sorry. I like, make it. Sorry, I'm, like, literally loading the overhead storage right now on my way to L.A. And um, she was like, okay, no worries. Like, we'll, we'll hit you up, like, when you come back. It was going to take me, like, a week. And um, I was like, okay, cool. And then, like, I came back and I was like, hey, like, can I do that interview? And, like, she wouldn't answer my calls oh, or yeah. anything. <laughs> and I was like, can I please just have a job, please? So, I so what was your first job? I worked at um, a witch witch in Warner Robins. You what, know what? Can you remind me of what that is? You don't know what that is. I, that sounds maybe familiar. Okay, is it okay. like a sandwich place? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, all right. I well, got you. No, I went to, I was working the other day and um, I work in a warehouse by myself with um, one, my boss and some other guy. And um, the landlord came up and he like introduced himself to me. And then I was like, yeah, my name's Jada. And then like on his way out, he was like, remind me how to pronounce your name again, which is a stupid way of asking somebody what is your name again, but he yeah. tries to cover it up by being like, how do you pronounce that? Anyways, that's, it reminded Jada. me. Jada. It reminded, well, I mean, some people don't understand that. Jada. Uh, we're looking at Forrest's card that he made me that has my name in there wrong. Anyways, um, yeah, Witch Witch is a sandwich place. It it's really cool like you you know you get like the bag you look at the menu and then you fill in what you want you like make your order on the bag the sandwich okay. bag and they put it in there yeah and then they read the bag and then like it sends it down a line and yeah that was my first job it was really chaotic um and then for like three months into it i started working at a panera bread at the same time and so Ever since then, I've kind of been like... You were in the sandwich circuit, huh? I was. And then that whenever I was working at Panera Bread, that's when I discovered that I had a panic disorder and an anxiety disorder. Um, Because, like, Panera Bread is the worst place to work. Well, it's so corporate. It's so... Yeah, like, I had the worst boss. His name was Larry, and he had a hunchback. And it was so... Like, there's... That is not real. There's nothing wrong with having a hunchback. But, like, he, it and it wasn't his hunchback that disgusted me. Like, he was a <laughs> dis- disgusting person. Like, he would only hire pe- women. So, I only worked with women. There was, like, two or three guys that worked with me. Um, the turnover is crazy. 
because it's so mismanaged. They didn't want to keep making Larry a sandwich, apparently. Larry was the general manager, so he didn't do actual work, but would complain about, like, our times being off and stuff like that. Just typical shit. And then I remember whenever I started having, like, panic attacks, I would have them, like, within minutes of each other and just felt like I was dying constantly. And I remember calling, like I woke up at like 6 a.m. having a panic attack and I kept having them for hours and hours. So I called him and I didn't have to be in work until 3 p.m. And it was like 9 a.m. and I called and I was like, hey, like I can't come in. And he was like, you know, you could probably go to like an Apple Care. Yeah, so the an Apple Care is like um an urgent care. I got you. Not like a app, like for a computer, but it, literally it, the worst place you could go if you're having a panic attack. I know. <laughs> he was he was go like, to like a tiny hospital. He was and... like he was like uh you can go to an Apple Care and it's pretty cheap if you have insurance. Do you have insurance? Like just being an asshole, and I was like, dude, no, like you just don't get it. Like I can't do that actually like yeah. y- you can't go there for a panic attack they're gonna literally just like laugh at you so um very soon after i quit but yeah he he just he didn't get it he was disgusting and then he hired like this guy that had a hunchback too and no way he, he it was like it was like he was like i see myself in him basically and his name was carter and he was disgusting. He would literally, he was on salads and he would literally take his hands with his gloves and put them like this into his pants and lift them up with the gloves and then continue making a salad. Then he would oh scratch goodness. his hairy back. You could see the hair poking out of the back of his shirt, pick his nose, everything. And I was like, dude. Can, one time I was like, can you please change your gloves? Like, that is so gross. <laughs> and he was like, he hated so women, especially black I see people. myself in him. I like, feel like he hated black people. I'm not kidding. Because as soon as I said that to him, he was like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Damn. I was like, I'm not telling you to do anything wrong. Like, you literally just dug in your ass. Trying stank, to make a stank sense. a butt, stank, stank a, a butt, butt Carter over <laughs> you, here. You say stank a butt. Um, uh, you say stank a butt just like my friend uh, Tyler. He sings in Bucket Chum. He says, "Shout out to Tyler." Shout out Tyler. He'd be he'd be like stank. He said it with a straight face, so he goes stank a butt. I can't stop saying that. <laughs> Anyways, um. I have a question for you, Jada. Yeah, what's the question? What? Okay, so this podcast is called Grow the Fuck Up. Yeah. Why? What's, like, what Somebody's is... never listened to the podcast before. No, I'm, I have listened to the podcast. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I want an answer here and now. <laughs> Why is it called Grow the Fuck Up? Well, I can't go into that story without dragging other people into it that I'm not ready to talk about yet. Um, but oh, we'll, it, we'll get there. Somebody did in, inspire it. Um, and I, it's very personal to like me because I feel like I am very stunted in my growth and like who I am as a person and, um, due to many things, but I just, yeah, like, I just feel like I, I'm very immature in a lot of ways. Um, and you know, haven't didn't really have the chance to 
realize what growing up actually meant. Um, so I feel like I'm playing like catch up on my life because I'm like, oh, like I'm an adult now. Like I have to do this, this and that that I didn't really have to do whenever I was like about to be an adult, like a pre-adult like as like even with things like working like I didn't work yeah. until I was 18 and so like a lot of responsibilities I didn't have and and then some like other responsibilities kind of like a lot of responsibilities that I have now like I had no choice but to do in a time where I wasn't ready to like make decisions like that such as like getting my own phone plan and buying a car and all that stuff it was really I was, I don't know, like I just approached it in a way that wasn't very mature. And um, now I'm like, ah, shit, I, I didn't have time to like grow up. And now I have to like pay a phone bill and like pay car bills and stuff like that. And it's like eating me alive. Um, and I'm, you know, figuring the world out a lot on my own. So anyways, that's that's kind of it's kind of like a hodgepodge of like all of that. But kind of still going back to the same like premise of I just am stunted in a lot of ways so why did it manifest in a podcast like why do you want to interview other people because around i that? think well like i've i've had time to like figure some things out and i'm fortunate for that and um i don't know i just feel like too why i may have been like stunted in a way is like a lot of people fall into the trap of like comparing their lives to others and um you know realizing early on that like everybody's life is so different is was very crucial and like important to me in figuring things out about myself and like giving myself time and giving myself like grace in a lot of ways um so yeah I think like podcasts like reach a lot of people one of my favorite podcasts is called guys we fucked and i started listening to it when i was 18 and that's the only one that i ever listen to now and um it was just like you know hearing those two girls and then like hearing their guests and like all the things all the information that people provided i think it could help a lot of people and reach a lot of people in an easier way versus like doing like a blog post or something like that yeah podcasts are easy you can just turn it on i feel like a lot of people don't do. read blog posts anymore yeah i feel like podcasts are definitely the the wave that like seems like it has some staying power yeah in terms of like because i i one thing i like about podcasts is that you can be doing something Mm-hmm. It like it fits in with the eighty like the you know late stage capitalist ADHD brain like mm-hmm. you can be doing no, multiple yeah. things and be listening to a podcast. Yeah, no, and that's the thing is that I I am not diagnosed with ADHD, but I have a strong inkling that I have it uh, because I can't get anything done. But um, like. I can't read books. Like, I can't sit down and, like, read something. I can't read blogs. Like, my attention span is just kind of all over the place. I have, like, a noise issue. So, like, if my roommates are, like, being too loud, I'm just so distracted. I get to the point where I get frustrated and, like, want to cry. In school, I dealt with the same thing. Like, if somebody was, like, chewing gum or, like, their pen was scratching against a desk, like, I couldn't focus um so like podcasts yeah are easy like I can just like zone out and still do what I need to do and they actually make me focus more yeah no Mm -hmm. I'm the same way 
yeah. Honestly. Which which go leads us into the. <laughs> I beat you to the punch. Which leads us into the fact that you are not like the rest. You're a man that goes to therapy and has emotional intelligence. Why? Whoa. Let's not go that far. Why? How did that happen? Uh. Could you could you listen, restate the question? Listen, a lot of men out there. A lot of men that I've met that have been to therapy, cis men that have been to therapy, it's just, I feel like more men need to be going to therapy and like yeah. digging into like their mental health and, you and know, sticking figure, with it. and sticking with it and figuring themselves out. Like, like a, you can't just go to therapy and like use that as clout as a cis mm-hmm, man. I, mm-hmm. cis man. I feel like people definitely do that. Like they because they've like been to therapy like once they try to like stretch that mm-hmm. and stretch that truth to make them seem more sexually appealing or i don't know like it's not about that it's not it's not about other people like like your mental health and your your mental health as it pertains to like your relationships with other people mm-hmm. is like not about anything other than you caring about yourself and it shouldn't be anything other than that like yeah it should be it should be driven primarily by like wanting to stick with it yeah and not wanting to like leverage the fact that people know that hey here's this standout guy who went to therapy like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i don't it's hard to explain actually Um, yeah but no it makes sense I mean, when was when the, when is the first time that you went to therapy and like what was the because was there a trigger for it or were you just like I sh- I yeah. just go no no it was definitely not like my own decision mm-hmm. like it was it was in high school like you know around the time when I like was gonna make that transition to this other school um and yeah I think my parents like saw a lot of like sadness and anxiety in me and like they're very I think they're very thoughtful people and Mm -hmm. you know I think you know I had some friends that like one of my friends um who like I think was going through a lot more than I was for sure um like did one of these like crazy like you get taken to like wilderness camp in the middle of the night like sort of thing (gasps) that happened to Paris Hilton yeah yeah, Yeah. it's literally like this happened to like one of my friends um and like later it comes out that the like a bunch of traumatic things happened it wasn't like it's not therapy it's it's like trauma it's Mm -hmm. like more trauma um that's like based in your previous trauma so it's like yeah i think um what i'm trying to say is like that my parents would have never done that i Mm -hmm. think and so i was fortunate where they like kind of took things a little slower so like i did go i I did end up going to therapy in like high school and like trying to you know talk through things but at that point in time like i i was just trying to like pull the wool over my parents eyes and make them think that everything was okay so i could just keep getting away with like fucking around and smoking mm-hmm. weed and mm-hmm. like you know not caring about school Zaza, as the we say Zaza. here yeah 
Shout out to Zaza. Um, <laughs> so that was like the first time. So I, I would say like my first time going uh, on my own accord was during my uh, previous relationship. Um, this is maybe three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I was dating this girl. It was going like really well. Um, you know, I loved her. She was, you know, like we were definitely in love. And so a point came when I think I was hitting a wall where like I knew I had like unresolved like <laughs> I need to grow the fuck up things happening. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she got into medical school. She was like going to go. Um, she got into like medical school in, in Wisconsin and was like, that was a thing that she was going to go do. And mm-hmm. like, I think that was a huge like brick wall for me. Because mm-hmm. at the time I was like kind of just scraping by, you know, like trying to make money off my art, and, like working part time. And like we were renting a place together and. I felt very like, I don't have anything going for me. She has everything going for her. Like, like who am I to like, want to hold on to this relationship? Um, And I think that manifested in like, you know, like substance abuse, just like not being a healthy person and like expecting her to like, take care of me, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. be my mom or whatever. Um, And like, I think, yeah, it was just like a moment when she was like, what you're doing is like really scary. And because I loved her, that was like the impetus to be like, holy shit, I'm like actively pushing this person away. Yeah. And I can't throw my, I can't throw my trauma at this person anymore. Yeah. And so I like, yeah, that was the the catalyst for, for going to therapy the, for the first time. And it really did help. Like, mm-hmm. It allowed me to, you know, she she would ask me after, because she, like, knew when I had, like, a therapy session. She would ask me, like, oh, like, how did it go? Like, whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, it went really well. And then I would just leave it at that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. feel the need to, like, dump on her or, like, yeah. continue the line of thought that I had going. Because it wasn't cyclical anymore. It was, like, it was uh, expressive and, mm-hmm. like, transformative rather than, like, just feeling like I'm going around in circles. Um, so I didn't feel the need to like involve her. It was just like my own little journey that I was going on. Yeah. Um, and at that point I had felt so bad for like putting her through that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like further encouragement to just, this is, this is what, you know, this is my journey that I'm on. And we also have this relationship happening yeah and yeah we actually we ended up breaking up anyway but it was like it was like so good till the very end honestly it was mostly like just circumstantial yeah um and you know i wanted to go travel she was going to med school we decided to just like part ways and i was so thankful that it had nothing to do with like yeah my like problems you know, yeah my problems and yeah. my problems that I was like bringing her into so that's I mean we should get into uh trauma dumping I feel like 
and this is something that I struggle with, struggled with. I'm constantly like evolving, which I love, but like one week I'll be like a certain way. And then the next week I'll have like a realization and like, oh, I should probably stop doing that. And it's really fun to like realize, you know, that's happening. Cause I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, whenever you're like me, a person like me, somebody who's like crazy and very um, different and quirky. No, I unconventional um, person. I feel like I am, but like I, uh, I, I'm always like because of that. I'm like I'm never gonna change. Like I'm always gonna be the exact we'll call same it person. Devil may care. How about that? Dev what? Devil may care attitude. You ever heard that? No. Thing? It's like, you know. The devil may care. I don't care. Oh, okay. Maybe that's not exactly what it means. It basically yeah. means like you strike me as a person that like, and maybe you're not feeling this way, but like mm-hmm. just don't, doesn't like give a fuck what people think. I really don't. It's... Yeah. And I, that's why that's, I love that about you. <gasps> Honestly, I'm trying to, trying to, trying to be more devil may care. I, and I don't, I, it's just so subconscious, but I feel like I've always been that way. Like when I was in middle school, I, my Instagram, everybody's seen it. My Instagram has been that crazy and stupid since I was in middle school. And I've had that Instagram since I was in seventh grade. And so like whenever I would post on it in the past, like just saying whatever I wanted to say, like funny memes and stuff like that, people would actually, there's a girl who told a teacher at my school and the teacher was like you shouldn't post stuff like that on there like you should be like more conscious about what you post like stuff like that isn't okay and i was like fuck you all of y'all are getting blocked no i was i was i think even at that point i was like i don't even give a shit about blocking any of you have you thought about your digital footprint no no yeah I'm, i'm uh impersonating the teacher yeah that digital footprint fit inside a jimmy choo shoes (laughs) (laughs) she got gucci flip-flops on right now uh no i yeah so i didn't really care i forgot what i was what i was getting into that was a funny joke but i just i don't know i just what were we talking about again i don't know i derailed with the yeah the devil may care yeah explanation well we're talking about um oh yeah yeah well i ever since then because of how i am i'm just like i don't i'm never gonna change like i'm always gonna be this type of person and that's okay with me but then like i just wake up one day and i'm like damn i changed that about myself and i'm not gonna be like that so i I, last week i was thinking about it i was like can't wait till i'm like 30 and i see who i am and how i've changed as a person and if i'm actually gonna stay the same way or like how i'm going to evolve as a person um but yeah like that kind of speaks to like trauma dumping I, i feel like social media has been like trauma dumping with my girls as a meme and it's like something that you're subconsciously like yeah like I do that that's okay but it kind of isn't and well it can be to an extent but you saying like when somebody would ask you about your therapy session you just feel like it's fine I feel like that's something that I just started doing recently where I'm just like you know I don't have to tell this person because it's usually not actually that helpful and you just end up feeling kind of guilty yeah and also you're yeah i would say like 
I am a huge, um, like, I definitely trauma dumped. Like, in college, for example, mm-hmm. in a pretty toxic relationship throughout college, definitely, you know, would trauma dump. Um, particularly to, like, my friends that were women, which is something I've noticed and, like, would, like, have talked about in therapy since. Like, w- needing needing a woman to be like the vessel of my trauma or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and would be more hesitant to talk more deeply with my like male friends Mm -hmm. about things that were going on. Um, but the thing is like, usually the person has no like real context. Like the only context they have is that you are upset and that you need support and, it might put them in a pretty compromising position in terms of like their friendship with the other person. Um, because oftentimes you're going to be, I mean, I know I was guilty of this. Like you're going to be like spinning it mm-hmm. on like your side of things. Yeah. Um, and not fully sharing about like what you've done to like exacerbate the situation. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've, that is like, that was a huge like looking back that was like mm-hmm. really not good. I think that about like as far as like the spinning it thing, that is something that I learned. I was like, okay, before I got to the stage of like, okay, let me stop like trauma dumping on people. I was like, if I'm going to trauma dump, I need to be honest about like what yeah. I did wrong. And that that is something that I'm very I don't know where I picked that up from, but I just, I was like, okay, like, just be honest. Like, I did something wrong, say it, and then it, this, this, and this happened, um, which I guess in turn has made me, like, more conscious of my actions and, like, the, the, the result of, you know, doing certain things because a lot of it uh, took place when I was um, living with my parents, which was very recently. Um, I moved here in June. Um living with them like we would have altercations that would be like physical and um that like one of the last ones right before I moved out was very physical with me and my mom and um like whenever things like that would happen I would be like okay I need to be conscious of the fact that like if I hit her I'm going to be just as wrong so like I wouldn't hit my mom or like you know if she's I think with the last one like she was too close to me I was like pushing her off and then she'd be like she's hitting me and I'd have to be like okay no I'm not and that's just like to cover my own ass so I'm not like yeah like I beat my mom up like I try not to do that I tried not to but try not to beat you I tried not to beat my mom up but with the last one like it did I I I I broke and I was like, okay. And we got into like an actual fight and, um, yeah, Yeah. it, but like violence, physical violence too is like normalized, especially in black homes, but it, it was, it's normalized in the degree of your parents can, and your elders can hit you, but you can't hit them back. Yeah. And or like your parents can say the most wild shit to you, but you can't say anything to defend yourself. So it kind of got to a point where like my mom, she has four kids and I was the only one that would be like, no, like I'm not going to take this. You disrespected me. So like 
I, it wasn't like, I'm going to disrespect you back. It was like, I'm just not going to talk to you. Like I have no desire to be around you. And, you know, then it's like a whole nother cycle. They take that personally and then they keep being mean to you. And I'm just like, dude, like, I just don't even want to be around a person like you. Um, so yeah, that, that was, uh, I'm trauma dumping now. Well, this is your podcast. It is. I'm allowed to. My my mom listens to it though, which gave me a lot of anxiety recently, because like she texted me out of nowhere and she was like, "Love, love, love the podcast." That's so sweet though. Well, I texted her back and I was like, "Are you being sarcastic?" Because I talked <laughs> I talked about her on there. Well, maybe it's helpful for. Her. I hope it is honestly because like, I've always been like I don't want like when my mom would be physical towards me when I was in high school or like right after I graduated high school, I called the police because she threw a knife at me and um, it was, it wasn't a fight with me and her, but it was a fight with her and my dad and like everybody got involved. And um, there was another time that I called the police on her when she was, I forgot what she did, but it was scary. And it was me calling the police being like, I'm scared. I don't want my mom to like get locked up, but like she is being very dangerous right now and it's scary for me and I don't know what to do. And the I think like the, the t- two times that I called the police on her, the police were like, well, you're the kid and you're 18, like just move out. And just didn't do anything about it. And like my mom was able to manipulate it and be like, I do everything for her and like she just disrespects me and like growing up in this deeper south than where we are now they're like yeah she's right she's your mom you need to respect her and then they would just go on their merry way I know one time like they did that and then as soon as they left my mom was like I'm cutting off your phone and like locked me out the house as soon as they left and I was like dude what the fuck um so yeah like I got guilted into being like my family members would be like yeah you should have never done that you should have never called the police on your mom. And I'm like, but I'm scared. Like, I don't know yeah. what to do. Um, so I said the police are the only people like that you can think of. To it call. was literally just like a voice of reason. I just yeah. need a voice of reason here. Like, don't lock my mom up. But yeah, like, I hope that like, I mean, after all those situations, I would be like, I want to get my mom like court ordered there, court ordered therapy. Cause I, I feel like she is a narcissist and that I'm not saying that in a way that's like disrespectful to her. Like I'm saying that in a way, like I want her to get help because she may not realize that she is a manipulative narcissist, which is an actual mental disorder. And, um, yeah, that's kind of always been my thing. And like, I don't, I just want her to get help. I don't even care about like a relationship with her. I just want her to get help because her personality affects her marriage and affects her relationship with her kids, which she says is important to her. So I hope that, like, if she is listening, that she kind of finally realizes, like, that's that's all I've ever, you know, wanted from her. Anyways. Um, There's a second part to that question. I don't... What was it? Something about uh, therapies. What did you ask? You, I asked you... You said well, the first part was, like, what when did you start going or what when did you well it's kind of one question when did you start going and like what prompted it was it like because some people have like a breakdown yeah and some people are just like oh i just want to go and see how it is 
Yeah. But you said that, like... I guess it was, like, a, a yeah. combination. I yeah. Um, there's a time... That I didn't go to therapy for a long time after that, like, probably two years. And I've recently, you know, within the last year, like, started going again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think... I think the most important thing to keep in mind is that it's like a it's such a long term mm-hmm. thing, and like you can't expect you really really cannot expect you can actually actually you should fully expect things to get better and then way worse and then like yeah. a lot better and then a little you know what I mean like because it unear- and unearths things that you didn't realize before oh my god yeah like Mm -hmm. it's like really it's like the epitome of like two steps forward one step back or like Mm -hmm. two you know you might go back to ground zero honestly um but at least it's like a outlet you know what i mean yeah give me one second let me check and make sure that jenny is still out there i haven't heard of working i didn't want her to like work out the fence or something not jenny jenny from the block Literally just like camouflaged in all the leaves. I got the cutest picture of her earlier. I love Jenny. Jenny is my downstairs neighbor's dog. For people that don't know, my downstairs neighbor. That's like, I have a crush on. Anyways, um. So yeah, I mean, it it just unearths things that you didn't think were there before, and it's really scary to like have realizations that you just didn't have the capacity to understand at a certain point in your life yeah totally and i think a biggest i'd say like my biggest like one of my biggest personal journeys has been around like my perception of like my sexuality and like Mm -hmm. my expression of that like how it affects relationships Mm -hmm. how it affects like the people i'm attracted to or um you know just like my preferences in bed or like you know whatever um and that's been like come on i said my mom's listening come on (laughs) (laughs) god my mom's a narcissistic (laughs) yeah prude (laughs) no No, um yeah i mean we don't that's it's just a beautiful thing like figuring out your mind and how it works and yourself and just spending time with yourself and i mean that's the only person that matters in this world is yeah i always like speaking like sorry no you're good go ahead i was speaking like this is like kind of speaking to like all men like Mm -hmm. i feel like a huge part of why men are so toxic by and large in general Mm um you know i think some of it is not really our fault in the sense that like like in our society men are raised to like limit their emotions and like suppress things that may be perceived as Mm -hmm. and like really attach yourself to the binary Mm. um and i would just like encourage men to like really try to like disengage from the binary um and try to like really have some introspection about like what you actually like and what you're actually attracted to and like 
um, because I, it, it, what it results in is like a huge amount of suppression of emotions mm -hmm. and sexual charge and just erotic things in general. Mm -hmm. And then that manifests in using women as a vessel for trauma. Mm -hmm. Like literally that's, I mean, I can trace that back to like my arc mm -hmm. for sure. Um, but I think that really applies to like, if you think, take like males in our society and like the world in general, like most of them don't subscribe to the fact that sexuality is like a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, I always think about like how many like people are just so confused Yeah. as fuck, like people are just confused and like that just manifests in abusing their friends and their family and their lovers. And like, I don't know, I think men owe it to society and to like women to like check in with themselves. Yeah. What's your, you have the inside scoop on all the men that we hang out with. There are so <laughs> many that yeah. need help. What is, and th there's, there's parts of it that I don't see. I just get the, brunt end of it by them like insulting me or something or like calling me a dumb bitch um so what is the inside scoop what's your analysis on all the men that we hang around um my analysis on the men that we hang around as far as like what you just said like yeah um like things i mean because you're your friends too so yeah. you see these things like firsthand um you know how i mean i would say what i said about society applies to like our friend group too. yeah yeah you know i i can only only thing i can do really is encourage people to be more open with themselves and yeah. and just explore like what it what it feels like to love themselves and like mm -hmm. how that connects with like loving other people mm -hmm. um I don't know. I'm. I feel like I'm not. You know, you this is my first time hearing about somebody calling you a dumb bitch. Like, for example, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I, I feel like I'm not that plugged in. I, I deserve. I, you know, I'm a bit of a dark horse in our friend group you for are. sure. Anyway, you're like, if you're like, I need a mental health night. I'm gonna take a mental health night. But also, I deserved to be called a dumb bitch that 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 time. Um, but. It manifest. Here's what I'll say. Yeah. It it is manifesting in a toxic way, just as it's it's just a cross section of our society, mm -hmm. literally. Um, and this goes for me too. I'm not leaving myself out of this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, there's absolutely been, like, just in the last year, I've had like several relationships that have fallen, like you know, many relationships that have fallen through because, you know, in retrospect. I wasn't being honest yeah. and I wasn't being honest with myself and, and them and trying to do, you know, trying to have a, trying to have a hoe phase or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> over Martin the does not, Martin does not have hoe phases at all. Just so the record knows. <laughs> Jada, I don't think that's true. Martin, no, you are a hopeless romantic. Come on. I'm a hopeless romantic and I did have a hoe phase over the summer. I'm just saying. <laughs> we don't have to get into that on the air. We don't have to get into Yeah, that. let's not. But like, <laughs> I will I will say like, I'm not, yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm like definitely not leaving myself out of 
um, the critique of men in the in this in the spring group for sure. Yeah, um, I think l- literally any advice that I give <laughs> is like reflected back on me, and yeah, yeah, is only because I love everybody. Yeah, and I don't want you know I I do truly want people to go on personal journeys. Me too. I love like I love people, and I love like just being like. I don't know. Whenever I'm like thinking about myself, I'm just like so chaotic and like how I handle things is so chaotic. But like when my friends are going through something, I just want to be there for them and like be a voice of reason. And I feel like I can be like so supportive, but there are some people that do not like are not capable of like receiving that. Like from my perspective on our friend group and Morgan brought this like Morgan and Glenna talked about this with me and I was like, my eyes were just open, but like, they don't know how to like treat women that are not like one of their friends, girlfriends. Like they don't know how to be friends with women that like, I don't know. I just feel like if they're like, obviously like if they're mean to like their friend's girlfriend, like there's their friend being like, Hey, like fuck you. But like people like me or like people like Glenna who like, don't want to date them at all yeah and just want to be a friend they're just like i I, I, I don't know what to do like i feel like that's a huge part of like kind of the advice that i want to give Mm -hmm. that i would say maybe like i don't know this is like i'm not gonna say it like sets me apart from Mm -hmm. from people but like i do make a concerted effort to like have female friends Mm -hmm. um and like take that extremely seriously you know what i mean like yeah i would say what it does what it does for the brain and i think this goes for any human brain i think women are just more apt to like have those multi-faceted friendships just just by and large soundbite um (laughs) and like i think as soon as as soon as you start because it allows the brain to like conceptualize a person, a woman as somebody that's like deserving of respect. Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of like, that's crazy that we've, that that has to be how it mm-hmm. is. But honestly, that's like a huge part of like, you know, being able to hang out with somebody, relate to them just as you would relate to like one of your guy friends. It's like no different. They're just mm-hmm. like, it's not different. That's the thing. That's the advice. That's the tea. Yeah. It's not different. Yeah. Like, okay, it's a little different, but mm-hmm. it's not different. I mean, yeah. Like, I hope I, that was, like, coherent. That was so, like, intellectual. Oh, boy. You were, like, 20 seconds of peeping, like, it's not different. It's not different. No. It was it was good. But, like, like, drooling into the microphone. Yeah. I can hear, like, everything. It's I'm not listening to, like, myself, so I can just hear everything that Martin's doing. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I just think that men should just stop being so weird about things like that. And if they are weird about things like that, they probably just lack a lot of um, emotional intelligence. Because we can be friends and we can have a good time. Um, Anyways, so how... What did you what did you think it meant to grow up whenever you were a kid? Like, what were your expectations of it? As a child, let's tap into um, like five-year-old Martin's brain. 
No, like five to 11. Honestly, the truth is that I was trying to put it off for as long as possible Mm -hmm. and was fully committed to just being an absolute fucking nihilist Mm -hmm. when it came to like thinking about things after I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. Like literally I was like, I'm going to enjoy myself now and I'm just not going to think about it. So I feel like I had a very poor perception of like what it would be like once I had to start like paying my own bills and like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I I would think my, I, I think that my most real perception of like what it means to grow up had to do with like romance love like finding a partner that i you know could spend the rest of my life with kind of thing which is like a little bit of pie in the sky yeah in terms of like reality but like i feel like that was my most real and it still is like obvious like i i'm definitely as you said like a hopeless romantic and it's Mm -hmm. because i feel like i am i do have enough love and like I am the type of person that can be content like with a person and like building something greater. Mm -hmm. And I think like that was definitely with me since like a young age, Mm -hmm. but anything other than that, like anything other than like, I'm going to find my wife, uh, was like not real. I'm going to date a girl. Yeah. I'm going to date a girl and then we're going to, yeah. So um yeah which was kind of like it it almost like man it came in like cycles right like all right i'm in elementary school i'm having the time of my life like building legos watching Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever mm-hmm. didn't want it to end and didn't allow it to end in my head until the first day of fucking sixth grade yeah same it's the cycle started over again the arc continued Mm-hmm. middle school high school because that's like how it's compartmentalized in the united states is like these grades yeah um same thing in college and then i th- i feel like when things really broke down obviously was post college and being like okay i can't just like float mm-hmm. forever i need to like do you know do things and like I think that part of that was like realizing like what about things that I was so obsessed with in those cycles and those arcs can I like leverage mm-hmm. to actually like be an adult like you know I don't want to I think a big part of my life in the last like two to three years has been Cause like everybody's got to find a job. Everybody's got to like support themselves. Like mm-hmm. we live in a society, obviously. So like how. Breaking news. What? We live in a society. We live in a society. So like that's a fact. And like uh, no matter how much we want to change and how much we're like part of movements to change that, like it is a day-to-day thing that is happening. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'd say my growing the fuck up moment was like, Probably like COVID. I mean, I think that was a lot for it for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I had just spent like post breakup with this um, with this woman I was talking about earlier. She goes to med school. I go. I was traveling in Europe for like seven months. I was mm-hmm. like living in 
the UK and Amsterdam and like broke as hell, but like doing work exchanges, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was another arc. That was another one of those cycles where I was like, I, I don't want to, I don't want this to end. How can I make this not end? And then like COVID happened and like it was forced to end. Like my hand was forced. It was like the first time in my life where like I didn't have a whole lot of control over like my nihilist worldview. Mm -hmm. And I was forced to like face some realities as in like, all right, Trump announced the travel ban. I go back to the United States. I don't have a job. Yeah. Gotta live with my parents. And then the impetus to like move out of my parents' house and like start a life for myself um, has been, I feel like has been like the arc for the past like two mm-hmm. to three years. Um, just sort of that like that evolution from the, it's not that like when I say nihilist, mm-hmm. it's more meaning like, it's a very specific nihilism. Mm-hmm. It's a specific, it's a nihilist. It's like a refusal to think about the future in any real way. Mm-hmm. Um, other than like romanticizing things. Yeah. Um, and so like, there was just some switch that happened. I don't know if that was like, all right, COVID, if it was a number of things um, probably happened. You know, I was what, 20... 25 that's that's when they say the male brain finally matures completely um compared to women which is usually 22 to 24 um so that may have been part of it maybe my like synapses finally started firing right or something Mm -hmm. like my i started i started actually using real logic Mm -hmm. and who knows what it is i'm just kind of like spitballing but the point is, like, something changed. Yeah. I don't know. There was, a, there was a little switch. Yeah. So I never thought, to go back to your question, actually, mm-hmm. like, what was growing up to me, it wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Um, I would never have kind of thought of myself where I am now. Mm-hmm. I think I probably... I'm surprised I'm still in Atlanta, to be honest. Where else would you be? Fuck, anywhere. Mm-hmm. So many places. Like Portugal. I don't know. I've been thinking about Portugal. Italy. Italy. Croatia. Somewhere Mediterranean, maybe. Yeah. St. Augustine, Florida. Um, Chattanooga, <laughs> Tennessee. I don't know. Anywhere that like feels... Here's the thing about Atlanta. It just feels like... And maybe you can agree. It just... Sometimes it feels a bit suffocating because there's, um, how do I explain it? There's nowhere to like vacation. There's nowhere to vacation. There's nowhere that feels like you're staycationing. There's yeah. nowhere, there's, sometimes I feel like I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, like to get to my favorite coffee shop in Atlanta, I have to walk across a bridge over I-20, mm-hmm. which is like the most abrasive fucking experience you Mm -hmm. could ask for yeah um because usually it's like a sea of cars Mm -hmm. and it's if you're on the phone you have to be like sorry let me call you back Mm -hmm. like you know just like little things like that um 
and you know i feel like i'm a small town person at heart like i love nature i love hiking i've spent so much time doing that Mm -hmm. that thinking back i would have never thought that i would still be here i don't know yeah it's just like not who you are i am obsessed with beach towns like same the way that they look is so cute and beautiful like no matter where you go they all look the same all the houses are so adorable like that's why i would probably want to live in a place like la because i have well my family's there so like it would be a very easy transition for me but um compared to like most people who are like i'm moving to la and like have nothing like at least i have like stomping grounds there i guess like family um is that the right way to use that word stomping grounds Stomping grounds, sure i don't know um but yeah like you get the city you get the mountains you get the beach everywhere and all the beaches look different and the weather is always so nice like i just i can't imagine myself like not being there and sometime soon i don't know i i really like my house now but um sometimes i get the urge to just like get up and go and um telling me yeah i like i really sometimes i just get a little stir crazy being in atlanta i'm not gonna lie being in georgia because like where i grew up i was in the middle of georgia so i was a lot closer to beaches and now that I moved up more up north, like it takes even longer, and oh, it's like three and a half hours to Savannah or something like that. Yeah, which is like the closest actual like cool beach area. Yeah, well, I like Jacksonville a lot. I I at the beginning of the pandemic, I went to Jacksonville and ended up like staying there for too long because I couldn't come back to work. Um, but yeah, it just I don't know. I'm I'm kind of. That's part of also like my my plan whenever I'm 30 years old. Um, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to jinx it, but it has it has something to do with being in the California desert and putting roots down there. And um, I, I don't know. It may happen pretty soon, but I agree that Atlanta is suffocating. Apparently it's the hottest place to move in the U.S. There's a blonde hair right here. It's not mine. It's not yours. I don't know whose that is. Um, okay. So how was your relationship with your parents growing up? It seems like you guys have a very loving relationship now. Or like, you just seem very family-oriented. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is, like, I still live in Atlanta. And, like, I live in Grant Park. And my parents live in Candler Park. We literally live so close. Mm-hmm. And so things... We just kind of like fall into spending time with each other. That's not to say we have a bad relationship. Um, like it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely strained when I was younger, just like because mm. of all those cycles of uh, like I was talking about earlier, um, and then trying to like really, you know, obviously I'm their son, so they're trying to like help me and mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it's probably traumatic for them. I think, especially for my mom, um, and just figuring out the best way to help me, uh, f- you know, figure out my shit, but also like helping me help myself. I think that's that's what I really love about my parents is that they never, I never felt like super pressured mm-hmm. um, to the point where I f- I felt like I wasn't making my own decisions about things, which was cool. Um, 
you know, obviously they said, you know. Why'd you get another cup? What do you mean? You got a different cup. This seems like more like a wine cup than this. Uh... Martin has three cups that I've given him. And he pulled out another one to get some wine. Also, I can hear anything that hits the desk. I can hear it. So just be gentle. Okay. What were you saying? Yeah. So I think um, it's gotten way better. And as as I said, we did live together like through the through a lot of like COVID, mm-hmm. like the beginning. I think I lived with them for a grand total of fourteen months before I moved out. Finally. Yeah. Um, and my sister was living there part of the time. Uh, and I feel like that definitely like brought us closer and like allowed me to like patch things up. Yeah. Um, to the point where I, I think we're, it's really good now. That's good. Um, I mean, they let you party in their house. Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. You scared me for a second. I was like, was I not supposed to say that? No, you can, uh, <laughs> I, I told him I had a couple people over. Yeah. It wasn't a party. We, we just did karaoke. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really fun, and I hope they go out of town more often. <laughs> yeah, they're actually moving. Um, yeah. No. They're, they're not moving. They're, like, moving to another house in Kellenberg, but. I know, but, like, I love that house. It's so Yeah, cute. my mom hates, my mom hates it. She's, yeah. She's like me. I think my mom and I are very similar in that we love quiet streets. Mm-hmm like su- southern porches like yeah you know what i mean like it's not that house is nice but it's not the it doesn't pull on my heartstrings like a yeah single story wraparound porch with a oak tree in the front or a no pecan I tree you know what i mean like yeah. that's so georgia no i love that house but i could see why somebody hates it yeah i, I think i understand that we're we like to be a little bit more private mm-hmm. individuals. My dad's very like gregarious and outgoing and mm-hmm. I feel like I have a pretty good blend of them both. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to wrap soon. Um, is there, is there any other questions you have for me? Yeah, I do have some questions for you. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> I've been, I've been stealing the, the limelight here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would say what got you into, like, I know some of the story of, like, your passion for mm-hmm. plants mm-hmm. and, um, but what, what kind of, like, because there's, it's one thing to, like, work at, like, the Victorian and, like, mm-hmm. do plants as, like, a job. Yeah. But, like, what was the impetus for saying, hey, I can, I, like, actually want to make, like, a career out of this and, like, kind of being willing to, because the people that you work for, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm assuming they're, like, wealthy and, like, can, like pay to like for people to take care of their plants like what is what Wait, is your who the people who own the victorian um well who do you work for now so i work for um yeah, I, me and my assumptions Damn. well no i was just one i was gonna uh, clarify that they're if you're talking about them like being super rich um they're not they're um they're just good business people like yeah they you know they've they put all their ducks in a row where you know they're able in in this point in their business like they're not i wouldn't say able to get by but they're able to run a business um yeah. and make it as successful as it is and you know they're just very smart business people um but 
I, I guess my point is just normal people. I would call that asset wealthy, maybe not liquid wealthy. Yeah, like they, you know, they've made a lot of good connections too. Like they're really good at um, doing stuff like that. So like I just think a lot of things just go very – or it's easy for things to go very well for them. Obviously, like they have bumps in the road, but like they, they, they've done – they started off doing everything – right and good enough to get them where they are now and it's because of that it's only up for them like they're just they they've made a really solid business for themselves but i'll reframe the question all right so how do you see this how do you how do you see like your your business model so fitting into growing up like in terms of like your next cycle your next step yeah i mean they like they they are the reason why um i am able to like take this hobby and you know like turn it into something that i can make a career out of because their like business model is about education so like working for them i was um you know i just i'm like a sponge with everything that i do and uh plant care was kind of one thing that stuck and then, like, the way that they phrased it was just, like, foolproof and easy to be trusted. And, you know, I also, I'm not, like, a good salesperson. I'm just honest. Like, if the product is good, I'm just going to be, like, this is what I use. This is what you need to do. And um, it was just very easy flow for me. Um, so now that I do, like, plant sitting, it's because, like, I'm taking all the knowledge that they gave me and, like I said, it's foolproof. And just being like, hey, like, a lot of people go out of town and, like, people, they're trusted. They trust people to, like, watch their plans and then their plans always die. And that that came from, like, having customers all the time being like, I need to replace this plant because I had a plant sitter and they killed my plants because they watered it every day. So it was just, like, not even just, like, taking what they taught me, but just, like, the customer experience. Yeah. It's all the same. Like, you just get hundreds of people saying the same shit. And, you know, working from that little store, I couldn't really put that information out there. So um, that's where that came from. And then now I'm just like, okay, like I think I can make a whole life revolving around plants without feeling the suffocation of being stuck in a retail space and dealing with all the bullshit that comes with that. It's the worst. It was so horrible. Now I can just do what I did at the Victorian, but not um be stuck somewhere waiting for a customer to come in and i i hope that um like we have a good relationship now i hope that you know i'm able to continue um doing things that they taught me but also having their collaboration too um and right now i work for um a guy that i knew of because he does wholesale of his product through the Victorian. Um, he makes grow lights. He's an engineer that makes grow lights that fit into your home aesthetically and are still just as functional. Um, yeah, so I just work in a warehouse for him and, you know, pack orders. And um, he is a small business too. And he's very smart and, um, you know, good at running a business. And I kind of just 
the future is bright for my position there, I guess. I'll be helping him with, like, social media and, um, you know, just collaborating on things that help make his business um, even better. You know, it's only up from, from here for him. From here, I keep saying this like saying on my podcast. It's only up from here, and I don't know how to say it at all. It's only up for here. It's only up from here. It's only good things from here. It's only it's the from here that throws me off. Anyways, yeah, I hope that answered your question. Yeah. Did it? I mean, yeah, it did. I got ADHD. I'd be forgetting what I'm talking about. (laughs) Maybe we should wrap this one up. Yeah, that was your only question. Oh, I don't know. You seem like you didn't want to answer anymore. No, I do. Okay, I got a better one. Okay, go, go. Mike, what's your career? What's your next step in your career, Jada? (laughs) As a 23-year-old. What a boring-ass question that was. Um, What do you find most nostalgic in your life? Keep going. I need a little bit more clarification on that. Like, what... I mean, you know the feeling of nostalgia. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very unique. Mm-hmm. What what gives you that feeling? Like, is it a place? Is it a thing that you're doing? Is it a person? Is it a piece of music? Like, what is well, what is like the biggest? Because I like like I said, I feel very stunted in like my growth, and like I feel like I'm catching up and like missing a like filling the the void that was like the part of the childhood that I feel like I missed uh a lot of things are very nostalgic to me like this pumpkin scented candle is very nostalgic to me my mom wish you could smell it through the yeah I only my mom used to buy those during fall time only and she's not a pumpkin or a candle person she's not a scent person she's very sensitive to stuff like that um, but she would burn those during fall time, and it was, like, my favorite thing. Fall time is my favorite season, too. Um, and now I only burn pumpkin scent- pumpkin-scented candles all year round. Really? Yeah. I only buy those. I don't like anything huh. else. I will probably do, like, a pine needle um, or, like, a – what is it? Uh, not a pine needle, but it's uh, – I guess it is evergreen. Like there's an evergreen candle that um, Bellwood Coffee sells that very nice for me. But yeah, stuff like that. Um, music. I only listen to the same music. You know how Spotify does Spotify Wrapped. It's the same every. Year. It's the same every year since. I feel like mine's gonna be same because I was like bumping a lot of. Uh, what was your Spotify Wrapped? What was your top five? I would have to. It's look a good it question. Up. Yeah. I would, okay. Let's see. My top. My top five, number one was J Balvin, which is crazy. <laughs> Second, I think, was Green Day. Uh-huh. Third, Phoebe Bridgers. Fourth, Arcade Fire. Fifth, maybe Towns Van Zant. Not sure. <laughs> Wait. Spotify does anything when it comes to making playlists for people. I just typed in Spotify wrapped and I just found a mix that they made me and it's called Evil Mix. And the, what the fuck? <laughs> and the bio says evil music picked just for you, made for vote for Devon. That's my um that's my username on there. Okay, top songs to- <laughs> evil music. Top to- uh, 5 2021. Number 1 is Kingston by, by Faye Webster. Your um, top five songs. Huh? Those your top five songs. Yeah. Okay. Out of the 2021 Spotify Wrapped. Um, 
Or are you talking about right now? I was just talking about artists. Oh. Well, it's going to be these. Faye Webster. Yeah. Um, second one is I Can See by Mac Miller. Third, Why We Ever by Haley Williams. Oh, yes. That Have you heard that song? Oh, I love Haley. Have you heard that song, though? I think so. Open your mouth. Yeah, that's such a good I was a huge song. Paramore fan. Oh, I still am. When I was in fourth grade, um, a, a girl told me that because I'm black, I'm not allowed to listen to Paramore. Yeah, fuck that. And I was like, but I love... And that was the year that uh, Decode came out. I was in fourth oh, grade when yeah. that came out. And I was like, well, I'm still listen Misery to Misery Business? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that came before that. And I, I went for, to get into Honor Choir. Not Honor Choir. Yeah, I think like Honor Choir when I was in elementary school. I don't think it was Honor Choir. But it was a choir group that was a little bit more exclusive. Um, I sang Crush, Crush, Crush by Paramore. And I got in. <gasps> oh, my um, God. Do you have a video of that? No, but somebody does. I don't know. I don't. I, have, I don't have contact with them. Number four is "Cranes in the Sky" by Solange, and number five is "Still Into You" by Paramore. So that's, that's good. Yeah, two Paramore tracks. Yeah, I mean, well, one's Haley Williams, one is uh, Paramore. Got to keep it separate. Also, I just got added to the. Um, I just got added to the pre-sale like thing for Paramore in 2023 next year. Yeah. Those tickets are going to be expensive. I know. That's why I didn't go to the one that they're doing in November because it was like $300. But I really want to see. I haven't seen them since 2017. I've just been so active on social media. Me? It's going to be expensive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how you know it's going to be expensive. As soon as like the artist like, yeah. is like doing a bunch of like random promo. Well, she saying um all i wanted yeah for the first time ever live and that's like a known thing if you if you like paramore that's a known thing that she doesn't sing that song live and if you heard the song you would know why it's just too much of a strain on her on her voice yeah and she sang it on tour for the first time ever and i and i wasn't there she only gets stronger yeah well she's now dating i think the bassist I got you. And that band. So maybe she's like happier. Dream girl. Yeah, she's my, she's my, she was my first crush. Um, Shit, I think maybe mine too. Miley Cyrus and... Kate Blanchett though. I was like, dang. <laughs> I think it was like Lord of the Rings. I was like, uh, all right, sp- speak sexy to me, you elf, okay. elf queen. I, Miley Cyrus We're, was my are... <laughs> favorite. Miley Cyrus and Haley Williams were mine. Miley Cyrus, huh? That's like a that's out of bo- out of the box. Well, crush. Hannah Montana came out when I was. I know, but I feel like Hannah Montana was like not actually people's crushes. Oh no! Like I love Miley. Like they're like two because like she was also doing like her solo thing at the same time. Like yeah. I feel like a lot of her career, she did like multiple things at the same time, and then it just like launched her forward so far in her career, and she's only by the time she was like seventeen. So like I, I feel like there's just she has done like a lifetime of work Remember in her Wicking life. Ball? That wasn't even her best. That I was know, when she was falling. Wasn't that off. just like a crazy like cultural moment? Yeah, I mean Liam Hemsworth can die <laughs> for all I care for I what think he he's did to be her. The new Witcher. What's that? It's like you know Henry Cavill. He's like yeah, but what about him? 
He's like in this new. This is turning into a, a fantasy, uh, <laughs> fantasy TV series podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was in this. There was a video game called The Witcher. Mm-hmm. The TV series. Henry Cavill was like the lead. Oh. He had like gray hair, like yeah. silver hair. Um, and now he's like bowing out of the series. And I think uh, Liam Hemsworth mm-hmm. is going to do it. Okay. Any other questions that you have for me? Um, What's the next one? I got. I got. Let's do one more. Okay. I got okay. one more. Make it good. Come on. No pressure. Okay. Um. What would you say is your like if you imagine yourself at peace? Mm-hmm. Me speaking as someone who's never probably felt like real peace mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. But if you can imagine feeling content and your sympathetic nervous system is engaged mm-hmm. at peace. What does that look like for you? Um, being on like a tropical, this sounds so cliche, but like seriously, like being at a beach because that is like my healing grounds is a beach. That's my favorite place to be. Um, with my dog, if she could live forever, I'd be so happy because I love her so much. And she is a huge piece of my childhood that is still living and breathing. I've had her since I was eight years old. Um, and which is like so surreal to think about, like literally like an example and like a literal piece of my childhood is still breathing. Shout out to my niece. I know. And I just, I can't believe that I've had her for so long. She's been around me every day since I was a little girl, which is insane. Um, but Having my dog literally being by myself. Like, I don't want to be around other people. Um, And being financially, like, secure. I think that's all I really need. Although, like, money isn't even a big thing for me either. Which I've been, like, struggling with that within the past week. Just realizing that, like, I need to save money. Like, I need to stop spending. And Rachel is helping me with that. Like, it's getting to the point where... I'm literally just going to like take cash out of my bank account um, and have nothing in my bank account so I don't have any temptation to spend and then putting the money in a safe that only she knows the password to and being literal like, cash no like actual cash huh. or like n- like I, I can't like I'm so bad with like spending it's so impulsive I'm like I, I realized recently that I have, like, a spending addiction on the level of, like, people being addicted to drugs or, like, people being addicted to, like, an alcoholic. And I was like, that's actually really scary because you have to have, like, you have to save money. Yeah. You can't just spend it all. But, like, it's, like, today I got paid. or Yeah, I got paid from for the first time from the job that I just started. And I was, like, itching. I was, like, I need to go spend something. Mm. Like, our closest friend, Belle, she works in uh, still at the Victorian. And um, she was at the EAV location to, earlier this morning. And I was, like, thinking of, like, visiting her and, like, all the plants that I could buy. And yeah. I was, like, ooh, and I can bring her lunch, too. Like, it just, like, all it of these things. snowballed, yeah. It just snowballed. And I was, like, you need to stop. Like, you cannot do that. And... I, it comes from like, I've talked about this before, but like literally the only thing that I'm afraid of in this life is dying. 
So like being broke, like dirt poor, like nothing to my name does not scare me enough to the, I'm like, oh, I'll get like, I'll figure out a way to get money. And it's just like, that is not a way to live. That is not sustainable. So I just. We'll reframe it as wanting to be resource secure. It's like, it's not, it's not about money. It's about like resources. Yeah. Really. And like the, obviously money is the third party there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she's probably, we're probably going to put that plan in action. Like literally just either take everything out of my bank account because people are like, well, just put it in a savings account. And I'm like, I will literally transfer all the money. Put it in a Roth. You, you literally get a big ass fee for like trying to transfer out of it. You know, she told me to ask you for suggestions. and, And I was like, I just never did. This was yesterday. We were talking about this, but like, yeah, like I need to find something where it's literally illegal yeah, to pull money. There's um, a Roth IRA account is mm-hmm. a tax-free account mm-hmm. that you can put stuff in. You can, uh, I think you can invest. It's also an investment account. You can mm-hmm. invest up to six k a year. Um, this is turning into a finance podcast. Yes, thank God. Um, you can invest up to six k a year from the account, but any money that you put in there they slap you with like a 10 percent fee if you try to take it out mm-hmm. which is enough for me to be like i'm not fucking taking because if i'm trying to take out like a thousand dollars that's a mm-hmm. hundred dollars they're like taking from me so yeah um fidelity.com mm-hmm. is like fidelity bank is like probably like the gold standard of that mm-hmm. does those investments um but yeah it's mm-hmm. i mean you don't have to fucking t- you don't don't get a safe and put it's not I about am literally that. going to do that. Like okay, it's you, insane. You can do that. Like I, I, she has to know the password, and I'm she. So how it would work is that like I would be like, hey, like I need money for this, this, and that, and if she's like, no, you don't, then she doesn't give me the password. Yeah, she's like your consultant, whether you need money or not. Yeah, because like when we were in Target the other day, like I was like picking up stuff, and she's like, you don't need that. Target's the worst place. I know, and I. Like some things I need from Target, they don't have it in Kroger. Yeah, and I'm just like, dude, like I I need this, I need this right now. And she's like, no, you don't, put it back. And I ended up leaving with like two things, and yeah. which was great. But she, I trust her enough, and I'm like, this is Rachel Athens. Yes, I'm like, I can't give you my debit card. I'm gonna find a way to transfer it to a different account that I have and spend it. I have a Venmo debit card, so I can transfer money to that. You can get a frozen savings account. Just talk to your bank. Really? Yeah, literally. Like you, it is a, such a fucking hassle to like call them and be like, "Can you please transfer?" Yeah. Like that. I mean, obviously, it's not the level of like a safe and Rachel, but <laughs> it is somewhere along the lines of this is too much of a pain in the ass. To, yeah. And you can't do it at like, like. 10 o'clock at night where mm-hmm. if you're at a bar and you're like should i buy like all of my friends drinks mm-hmm. which you probably shouldn't do mm-hmm. um though i love doing that which i would do i'm like literally my last 25 dollars you I'd be can't like, do that without that. speaking to a bank representative usually uh-huh. so it's it's like it's called a frozen and usually they have a fee too it's a transfer mm-hmm. fee mm-hmm. that's much larger than say a regular savings to a debit Mm -hmm. it's like a frozen savings she was like you're going to get over this feeling like in the next two weeks like it's gonna be okay the feeling of actually having substantial money in your bank account is way better than Mm -hmm. the 
yeah. like the retail therapy. I know. I just because I'm bad too. I get paid every week. I get paid every week on Fridays. Uh-huh. I get money deposited to my account at like one a.m. Yeah, and then I'm like. I'm about to go get like a fucking chai tea latte and like yeah. three croissants like yeah. the next morning. Like Friday mornings are like, I have to be like, yo, chill, bro. Mm-hmm. Take it down a notch. You don't need two strawberry croissants. Yeah. And a chai tea latte for $25 from Little Tart. Yeah. You can chill. Damn. Okay. Well, that was that was it. Everybody just heard about my plan. And this was your financial advice advisor. <laughs> Everybody heard about my plan, and now it's going to be like, Rachel, um, can I get... Can I hit you up? Can I get some money? I know you got some. I'll pay you the transfer fee. Oh, my God. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's been That's why it's been a rough week for me, because I was like, I need to stop. Like, I can't keep doing this. And, like, the realization that you're doing something so wrong on a level of addiction is insane yeah you can kind of imagine like how like gambling addictions go down for oh real because they're not afraid of anything oh no they're not they're afraid like, of losing anything credit. yeah well it the my anxiety paralyzes me if you ever catch me in the bed all day i not like school i i've been fucking up with school i haven't logged on and i'm like dude i have to do it but like school's another thing i've dropped out twice if somebody held a gun to my head and was like, log on to school right now, I wouldn't do it. Probably because they wouldn't actually pull the trigger. They're so sweet and kind. If somebody was like, I'm going to pull the fucking trigger and there's only one way to find out that I'm going to do it. It's definitely happening. You're definitely about to die. Yeah. And there's only one way to figure it out. You either logging on or your brain's going to blow out and you're not even going to fucking know because you're going to be dead. I can't think about school without a brain. So like, just do right. it. Pull the fucking trigger. <laughs> right, right. Like I will find a way to rationalize <laughs> anything. Just be like, mm, well, maybe it was time for me to go. God say it. Anyways. Well, thank you so much, Jada. Yeah. I've had a wonderful kind of slightly boozy time boozy? i'm a, i'm a huge lightweight i've had one pbr and like one glass of wine i'm like martin's well i think my plans got i think my plans got canceled for the night i was supposed to go see a show with this girl and like rachel with red hair and rachel her, with the red hair shout out to sister. rachel with the red hair yes yeah with her sister and uh esther and all that stuff but one of the girls who was like inviting us she was like Y'all, I might not go. Sorry, I'm sick. So tell them to come over here. Yeah, I mean, we we could. I'm gonna. I just need to edit this because I want to upload it tonight. Um, but yeah, I was gonna. I was tempted to tell them to come over and. Shout out to all my followers. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I will put your yeah. What are you working? Uh, although in my intro that I'm gonna record separately, I'll talk about all that stuff. So what are are you working on anything right now that you want to plug? Um, I am working on a couple things, mm-hmm. been really getting back into drawing. I was a studio art major mm-hmm. in college and now I do like web design and more corporate things. But, um, yeah, I would say I'm not going to gas myself up too much, but I've just been sitting down every night and, and doing drawing and like, mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. Yeah. I would say like. Maybe I've been thinking about doing some artist markets like soon, mm-hmm. but really just trying to get back into the practice. Yeah, I need to start drawing again. Like I, I feel like I'm just like too good at too many things, and I just pick up something, and then I'm like, oh, I'm done with this now. I don't want to do it anymore. That's me. Every You're week. a genius of variety. I get it. I am. I can do anything. 
That's why I don't need to go to college. Anyways. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Grow the Fuck Up, the podcast. This is your host, Jada. Thanks for listening. Bye. Never even had to try.